God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for it. You may remain seated, but now uh, let's sing our song. I was just going to say that. I said every time I hear this hymn, I think of the violinists on the deck playing the hymns for God to be as the ship's going down. journeying this past month, looking at blueprints, thinking about all of the ways that we construct our lives in order to be oriented toward God. And as we finish out this month and this series, um, there are so many different passages of Scripture that we could have used to be the, the culmination of this. But this one really stood out to me because it reminds us that each and every one of us is one of God's chosen. That we are called to be God's people, built into a spiritual temple. And it seems like such a daunting task to find ourselves as God's people. I know a lot of times... We fail and we fall short of that. We don't do all the things that God would want us to do. And we feel like we have failed at this. But again and again, God calls us into relationship. And so as we look at this passage of scripture, I want you to think about the bookends of it. How in the very end of it, it's this reminder that we're this spiritual temple being built into a house to, to honor and glorify God, that, we're, that we are God's possession, and that we are God's people. And while once we were no people, now we are God's people. Once we hadn't received mercy, but now we have received mercy. And when you think about being propped up that way, how God wants to take all of God's people and lift them into this spiritual house that brings him honor and glory. This, this dwelling where God can come and actually live through us. 
and in such a way that everybody we encounter recognizes God in us as unworthy as we feel to accept that. The very beginning of this reminds us of how God sees us as infants, as children, that to our God, the creator of the universe, we are as precious as an infant. And that is how we're nourished through the very word of God, when we pour our lives out to our Lord, and we dwell in him, and we find the nourishment that we need for our salvation. It's all in the word of God. And that's how we are built into a temple. When we taste and see, we feed on the scriptures. And so when we talked last week about laying a cornerstone, how it has to be the very first thing that we do, that we fill ourselves with, it being time of, with God in prayer and in study, that when we orient our, all of our lives to our Lord, that that is what gets us in right relationship with God. This passage reminds us that it's in the very word that we find that nourishment that we need, and that we're not supposed to fill ourselves with other kinds of nourishment before we fill ourselves with the Word, the pure Word of God. A lot of times we come to the Scriptures and we try to, we think that it's something that we can't understand. We think that the words are too troublesome and that God might be saying something that we can't understand. But when we come to God and we see these words as the very nourishment for our souls, that's how God can build us up into a spiritual temple. So I want you to think about all of the things that you consume. Now, think about your diet. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. I get on Pastor John sometimes because he is a great cook. He, that's how he won my heart by showing up at my apartment with a bag of groceries and making me dinner. But sometimes he gets into a sports bar kind of menu. <laughs> and I'll have to say, can we get out of the sports bar? Can we not have everything fried and sampler and... Let's have some vegetables, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> so think about that. Think about your diet and the kinds of food you put into your body. Is it pure? Is it something that's going to nourish you and strengthen you? Or <laughs> I, one of our kids yesterday got up and had ice cream for breakfast. They said, you only live once. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, like you're, you're not old enough to be thinking about, oh, you have a long life ahead of you, but, but again, that's not the best fuel to put into our, our physical bodies. And it's the same thing for our spiritual bodies. Milk and pureness is what God gives us in the scriptures. But think about all of the other type of media you consume. How many articles you might read that come from another source. How much time you spend scrolling through the news on your phone as compared to time spent with the 
scriptures, the pure word of God before you. And sometimes it's not even like that. Sometimes we're even reading lots of devotional materials or lots of things that theologians tell us that the Bible says instead of recognizing that God speaks to us through this word. Through this word. We don't always have to have someone tell us what it means. Sometimes the Spirit of God will speak to us through these words and tell us what it means, tell us how we're supposed to understand it for our lives. You yourselves, we're told in first are being built like living stones into a spiritual temple. You're being made into a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus. Talking about this royal priesthood, it's not just those who are set apart as the priests in Israel were. In this passage, in 1 Peter, Peter is writing this word to the churches, the people that are believers in what Jesus Christ has done. He's saying that this is for all of us. All of us who are believers in what Christ has done, we're all called into this royal priesthood. We can't just leave it to me and to John, but all of us are ministers of the living God. So we're called to be people who are, are built into this temple. And in believing that, God will bring us honor. But he said, for those who refuse to believe, though, the stone the builders tossed aside has become the capstone. Now remember, last week we talked about the stone that the builders rejected being the cornerstone. But that's what our faith is built on, putting Christ as the first stone in our dwelling. But when is the capstone added to a structure? Final project to do, the capstone, before you can graduate, the capstone. And it's an interesting thing if you think about that, that sometimes the capstone, you know, it's like if you put something together and you've been constructing it. And there might be one more piece, but you're so tired of building that you just kind of cast it aside and ignore it. And you leave it unfinished. Or here, if you think about that capstone, it's the stone that if it's tossed aside and not put into place where it's supposed to be, A, this doesn't have that bit of completion to it, but if it's cast aside, if it's just lying there, then someone walking along is going to stumble and fall. We're always watching out for how we live because we don't want anything we do to cause other people to stumble in their faith. Now think about that capstone being put into place. How complete a structure will look if it's where it needs to be. But if it's just cast aside and it's, if it's left there unfinished, then those who walk around are going to stumble and fall. And now think about that because when we talk about our faith and the grace of God, we are people who are constantly being perfected by the grace of God. And we, we say this word in Methodism. We say we're going on to perfection. How many of you think you're perfect? You can laugh. 
They ask us when we're being ordained, do you expect to be made perfect in this life? And we're supposed to say, yes, I expect to be made perfect. Now, some clergy people actually cross their fingers behind their back when they say that. Because they say, how can we be perfect? But no, it's, it's part of our belief in what God has done through the power of Jesus Christ that we can be made perfect in the love of Jesus Christ, that we can be more and more like Jesus. And so perfection is where we are aiming. So if you have a capstone and it's not in place and it's just cast aside, is your dwelling perfect? No, it's unfinished. It's missing something. And that bit that hasn't been paid attention to is what's going to cause others to stumble. So I want you to think about the pieces we've, we've discussed this past month, how we're constructing lives that bring honor and glory to God, putting Christ first, thinking about our days and how we orient ourselves toward our Savior, thinking about how much time we spend in prayer, how much time we spend studying the Word of God, and making tweaks and adjustments to our routines every single day, every single day you know, trying to live more and more in a way that honors God. But I want you to do that with an eye for perfection. How it is that we can truly commit our lives to the one who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Again, we can't make ourselves perfect. But the power of God through the Holy Spirit, the grace of our merciful Lord working in us and through us, when we are living as God's chosen people and offering all that we are to our Savior, that is how we experience what First Peter is talking about. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people. You are God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I give thanks to the God who calls us to honor him through all of our lives. And I pray now that as we go forward, that we start building this body of ours into the spiritual house God wants us to be. And the reason we do that more than anything is to bring God honor and glory so that our lives as living temples call others to come and worship our risen Lord. We pray with me. God, we thank you that you call us to be made perfect, to work out our faith with an eye toward completion, that every day that we live in this world, we are your chosen people. So I pray that all of us can have a blueprint for our lives that brings you honor and glory, so that we can bear witness to what you've done in our midst, and so that others won't be caused to stumble, but will come to know you through all the things that you have given to us in Christ our Savior. It's in his name that we pray. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now the last question you have when you go through your reading this week, as you reflect on the word, 
is with whom are you going to share your We're not alone in this journey. We're all called into community with one another. And so what I want you to do is think about what your blueprint looks like, how you want to devote your life to Christ, and share that with someone. It could be somebody that's here or somebody in your household or somebody you might be meeting on the street for the first time. But how are you going to share your blueprint for a life designed by God so that we can all bring our Savior glory in all that we do? I haven't even thought of that because I have a lot of people in my house to share my blueprint with, but <laughs> I'll probably think of somebody else to do it with instead. Let us now stand and sing together our closing song, and as we do, we will receive our tithe.